water, earth, fire, air. Welcome to Bending the Elements. Production by the Novice Latest Podcast. With your hosts, Caleb and Isaac. The podcast about all things Avatar. back to Bending the Elements. Here we are finally entering book two after a very long journey. What's it been like a year and two months or something like that by this point? <laughs> yeah, it has. This does pretty much look the same like when we last came here. It's things really haven't changed around here. We're just naturally going from book one to book two. Usually in season two's things change. I don't know about this, but Yes, ladies, gentlemen, those in between, and those unaffiliated, welcome to book two, episode one, The Avatar State. The Avatar State, yes. Yeah, and this is one that also kind of stuck out on my initial watching. I definitely, um, I remember the art feeling quite different right off the bat, so I guess we'll that's a change that I feel like is is quite noticeable. But. Okay, okay, yeah, that's that, that that's fair. Uh, for everything we talked about in the overview of book one, let the rectification begin. Yes, and should we begin with a, a plot summary? I know you've got it for us today, so a plot summary at once. We begin this episode in the aftermath of the siege of the North. Aang is woken up by a nightmare of various out of body experiences watching himself while in the Avatar state. The group has been traveling with men from the Northern Water Tribe, but as they go to depart, Master Paku presents each of them with a gift. Katara receives water from the spirit oasis we saw in Book 1. Aang receives a box of waterbending scrolls to help with his training. Sokka gets a pat on the arm. Then they depart to an Earth Nation base where they meet General Fong. There they are greeted as heroes, but perhaps with too high an esteem, as General Fong was so impressed by the stories of Aang's actions during the siege, he's declared Aang ready to face the Fire Lord. All he needs to do is harness the power of the Avatar State. After some consideration, Aang decides to try this course of action in order to help with the ongoing battle. But despite many attempts, nothing manages to activate it. Eventually, with some advice from Katara, Aang decides to give up on this path and return to his training. But General Fong isn't having it, and starts a full-on assault on Team A to try to force it out of him. After risking Katara's life, the Avatar State finally appears, but it's not what he expected. General Fong tries to get through to Aang to show him that there was never any real threat, but Aang isn't able to stop his rampage. And he doesn't stop until his spirit is taken from his body by everyone's favorite guest performer, Avatar Roku. He shows up flying a dragon and gives us some exposition on stuff we already know, but also tells us something we definitely did not know. You see, while the Avatar state can give an avatar access to the knowledge and skills of all the past avatars, it also comes with the greatest threat to them. For if Aang were to die in the avatar state, the cycle of reincarnation would be broken, 
and the Avatar line would end. After giving Aang this word of warning, he is returned to his body and promises Katara that she'll never see him like that again. They leave Fong's fortress and head to Amashu. While over in the B-plot side of the episode, a new foe has entered the scene. Princess Azula, sister of the banished Prince Zuko, has arrived to bring news from the Fire Lord. After rumors of dissent among the ranks, Ozai has decided that keeping his family close is more important than punishing Zuko, and rescinds his banishment. Iroh tries to warn Zuko that this message may not be the good news it appears to be, but Zuko rebuffs his attempt, and the two board Azula's ship, heading home. But thanks to hiring the dumbest Fire Nation trooper they could find for this mission, Zuko realizes that this was all a ploy to capture the two of them. A fight ensues, and eventually Iroh kicks Azula off the ship. The two escape, and decide it's time to cut all ties to their family's past, and potentially the hunt for the Avatar, question mark? And that, my friends, is book two, chapter one, The Avatar State. Oh boy, and I'm pumped to get into this one. There's so much in book two that I can't wait to get to. But we gotta start here with the first episode, so do you have your copy over at the old timestamp zero? Yes, my legally purchased copy of this on Blu-ray. And you all have yours also, timestamp zero, or maybe not, but we delicately wish to do this all in a rhythmic fashion of press now. Oh, jeez. Oh, and I'm seeing Azula right there in the opening. I'm shocked to see her. Now, was she there in the first book? Yep, she was. Oh, wow. Though not the not the unaired pilot. She was never there for that. Hmm, interesting. Did they say her name in the first uh, book? Never did. Mm. Never, never like dropped any lines of that uh, until, you know, I guess this book. So I guess that movie was uh, spoilers. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, for everybody you know, watching, I guess. Um, Whistler's son. Uh, I would say, I don't think Zuko mentioned her right at the end of when he was given his monologue while they were in the cave. No, I don't think so. Uh, but since we're starting right in the episode here, there's this kind of uh, kind of glowy, like foggy quality over it that really feels like anime to me. I feel like you see that kind of uh, hazy look a lot. And this first episode overall, I feel like has more of an anime kind of sheen to it as compared to the first book. Yeah, I guess you could say that. I didn't really get the like, yeah, I didn't really get that from it, like a filter, you'd say. Um, not so much a filter, it's just, there's a more polished look to the animation just overall, and just the way, like, just the way that they use, like, cell shading and stuff, just for whatever reason, reminds me a little bit more of anime, but also makes me think of, like, some of those, um, like, those Justice League stuff that kind of leans more into anime territory, or Batman, if you know. (laughs) Are you saying Bruce Timm's Justice League, or some of the, uh, direct-to-video movies? Yeah, some of the direct-to-video stuff. It doesn't show up all throughout this episode. I feel like it's a little inconsistent in that regard, depending on the lighting, like this scene here, as we see uh, Master Paku giving out all the little gifts. I don't I don't see it as much, but those early scenes, I felt it more. But yeah, what, what do you think about this little this scene here with them? Well, you don't want to go over what happened during those scenes. Oh yeah, I guess that's fair. I guess that's. Or fair. is that like not important? Like, pardon me. Maybe it is important. <laughs> I'm not gonna deny that. But like, you know, we kind of do this chronologically of of like. Yeah, what yeah. 
Um, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> this book starts off with a clip show. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of, that's what I was, yeah, maybe that's why I skipped over it. In the best way possible, that's all <laughs> I'm going to say. Yeah, it is kind of seeing things we've seen before, but in some ways recontextualizing them because we just, now it's Aang reflecting on what his impact as, as the Avatar is and what the Avatar state is. So he's having nightmares about all uses of the Avatar state throughout each of the seasons or throughout each of the seasons, each of the episodes in book one, uh, save for one, but we'll get to that. I think later on, but we see him, uh, when at the Southern air temple, when he first sees monk Yatsu's skeleton and we see Katara and Sokka in the background, then, Cuts to literally a cut and then a cut. Yeah, he's blasted back into the Fire Temple Island, uh, where the doors open to Avatar Roku's chamber, and then we see Aang there again in the Avatar state, and he gets literally cuts to the next scene where he falls, ends up on a ship, most likely one of the ships that uh, he destroyed during the assault at the Northern Water Tribe Fortress. And was as he was Kozilla or the uh, ocean walker. And yeah, just gets sliced, wakes up, was all a dream. Yep. And it's nice that Guitar wakes up and kind of notices that he's uh, in distress. She's definitely played a big role in his kind of uh, grappling with the Avatar state in this episode. Yes. No, we're, well, if, if anybody couldn't realize the name of the episode and the. <laughs> you know, theme of this uh it's the avatar state we're finally uh answering everybody's questions they had for uh what the avatar state was is and the nature behind it anyways so on to the scene with paku unless you wanted to talk about stuff uh you know you you basically covered it all yeah. Yeah, i mean we do get a little scene with ang katar where he kind of goes over yeah it was, it's scary what i become i guess he does I, he knows it's a defense mechanism, so he just maybe he himself doesn't isn't fully aware of everything that he's doing at the time, or something. Yeah, there's we don't really have a scene where we see what he's seeing, if that makes sense. Like it's it's in Get Out where we see uh, <laughs> I forget Chris is his name Chris I forget uh, whatever um, I think so what what's his name Yeah, but Chris when he's put into the um, what was that state called again? Where the lady mm. puts him into that hypnotic stance or whatever. I can't remember. Uh, with the T. It's been, it's been a number of years now. Yeah, it's been a number of years. But think of that. Like, we don't see what that looks like from Ang's perspective. We never see, like, when he's in this unconscious state uh, of, of being, like, what he sees. We only ever see, like, third person. We never go to first person for him, which I wish we did. Yeah, it might have been nice, but maybe we'll see where it goes. But yeah, we get this scene with, with Paku kind of giving a little, I guess, kind of like an addendum to that finale. They're still kind of hanging out with these Northern Water Tribe folks, and now they're going off on their own, and they all get their little gifts, and <laughs> I felt bad for Sokka. He's always the, the kind of spat upon one. <laughs> Doesn't get a gift. Short end of the stick, the shaft. But I do like uh, the potential for Katara's gift. This little, uh, what are they called again? Just the Spirit Oasis Water, or did it have a name? An amulet with water from the Spirit Oasis. 
and having unique properties. And that's all he says. Oh, okay. Yeah, I thought maybe he said a name and I forgot it, but no, that that's cool. I mean, you can make up a name if you want. <laughs> it's uh, it's her necklace version two. But hey, it is it is uh, Paku. He did give the the uh, betrothal necklace to her grandma. You now he's giving her this necklace or this uh, whatever this is. Amulet. Um, so sure, but I hope you're not going where I think you're going, bud. Because uh... no, no, it's just a reference to uh, two different generations of the same family. He's given them special necklaces. I so. see. Fair enough. I guess mending <laughs> the mending the bond mm-hmm. between him and Katara. Uh, after his yeah. uh, jerkiness in the first book, yeah, which they've completely just yeah wiped over at this point. Yeah, instant like forgetfulness of like, oh yeah, I used to be a sexist. I'm mm-hmm. I'm a rehabilitated sexist. Yeah, and I do like that they give because at the end of the the siege in the north, when he was like, oh Katara, you've learned enough that you can just train Aang. It did seem a little bit like, uh, really, this feels like weird. So at least he's given the scrolls. Yeah, the lesson plan that he worked out. The scrolls. That's 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 good. That's really good. I don't know if Katara's you know master yet. Again, I think I said that before. She has her whole life uh, to become a master. So like whatever. That, that's 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 just me. That's like if mm-hmm. I first got to the when I first got to the gym in three. Like I was doing my <laughs> own thing. Like as a side. Like I was like you know doing backyard boxing or whatever you want to call it uh then i go to the gym and like in three weeks all of a sudden i'm just like good enough to get a black belt it's like okay there's there's some inconsistencies wrong with there but anyway moving from that our teacher's like oh i'm leaving the class now isaac you can take over and teach everyone yeah, here's like, my uh, le- a little lesson plan like <laughs> see i only did that once for a warm-up <laughs> because i already knew what the warm-up is and he's just like oh you have good memory you remember things so you uh run the warm up while i like take this phone call it's like yeah no totally that makes sense oh but um after yeah they they hop on appa and they they go away with their gifts and Sokka, you know he's very appreciative he's holding his arm like oh look at this gift that i got and uh, now we cut away to iroh and iroh's doing what he always loves to do just basking in the uh relaxation getting a nice little massage that's what i need with my uh, my messed up back right now yeah that's that's true uh, have you done the acupuncture yet uh no but the, this scene when we uh this shot when we see zuko just kind of sitting and pouting do you see kind of the sheen that i'm that i'm talking about i see what you mean especially with all the uh the, the cherry blossoms falling hmm. yeah it's funny it's it's very inconsistent the way they use that but i do quite like this scene here between the two of them and zuko's really kind of kind of stewing in his uh frustrations from the last episode yeah, he's having a moment right now. He's 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 in the feels right now. Uh, doesn't want to be talked to right now. Um, but I like the scene because well, there's okay. There's a there's a there's a pro and a con I have with it. The pro is that it's a good transition of like letting the subtly giving the audience the uh, knowledge that this is spring, uh, that we've transitioned away from mm. if book water is winter, and because winter solstice. Uh, then the spring equinox is probably just around the corner, which is absolutely timed because we're just past like two weeks of being in spring right now, which is hilarious. So, <laughs> hey, that's a good time. Uh, maybe we can get book two done for the summer solstice for book three. That'll be kind of cool. Yeah, when's summer solstice? Because, yeah, we have a pretty slow output rate 
So <laughs> you know, you're not wrong on that. So that's fair. We got at least well, we got 20 episodes to go through, and like about I don't know eight. Okay, yeah, no, maybe not. We'll see. All <laughs> ten. We'll at least get some of those book three. Anyway, regardless, uh, the con, the con I had is that maybe not it's a con, but like it's certainly a thing I have to point out is that it's clearly exposition uh, of what. Arrow is talking about like how they were rescued or you know what, what happened between when they were at the North Pole and where they are now, how they ended up here, uh, including some sea vultures and uh, something else. Yeah, I guess every now and again, people feel the need when they start a new season. I remember J.K. Rowling always did, did this with every new Harry Potter book where the first like maybe like 10 pages are just somewhat like recapping the previous book. So... I'm glad they've kind of moved away from that kind of stuff because it is a little obnoxious. I might—I didn't think it was too bad in this scene, but but I, I get the the complaint. That's true. Uh, but in this one, one thing that has been that has Zuko a little—I uh, mean, he's always in a mood. But one thing that's getting him down is the fact that it's his anniversary. His anniversary of what? The fact of his banishment. Oh, okay. <laughs> what a wonderful anniversary. And I do like uh, Iroh puts his foot in his mouth where he's like, oh, your father wouldn't banish you if he didn't care. And Zuko just goes and pouts off a little bit. <laughs> Gives him the look. Just like, thanks. Yeah. I do like Zuko in that hat, though. I think it's a good look for him. Yeah, I guess it's more than... Remember when I said Aang was going to have like a hat? It was basically that hat that Zuko's wearing. Yeah, I completely forgot about that. I thought he only... I'm pretty sure he wears a hat in book two, if my memory is correct. Hey, we'll find out. We'll find out. Yeah, exactly. As we keep watching. Exactly. Now we'll find out about Princess Azula as we get her introduction. I think this is a good introduction for her. And I like that immediately we see how differently she runs her ship. Like there was always an element of Zuko maybe being a little incompetent with the way that he ran his ship. Like his men always seemed a little too relaxed or, or whatever. Like, And he was always just kind of going off on a rage. Azula is just like complete focus here and all of her men are lined up very synchronized and yeah, she runs a very tight ship, very different. And also I like that her, uh, like the top of her ship is completely uncluttered, but I did kind of wonder if maybe that was just kind of saving uh, some animation budget or something. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. And this, this is like, it's all intentional. Like all of it's supposed to like be below the deck. Mm hmm. But I know what you mean. There's no, yeah, I wasn't like, sure. There's no trebuchets on here, nor catapults. So, yeah, I guess it's different. But yeah, she certainly is a Nazi uh, when it comes to efficiency. Ooh. I mean, yeah. uh, <laughs> okay. she wants to make the trains that that don't exist run on time. Very, uh, very accurate. Very like, very meticulous, and everything needs to be formal. Again, I being the princess and all. I guess taking her duties seriously. Um, the favorite, as we found out uh, from Zuko last mm -hmm. season, uh, last book, excuse me, and I guess last episode. Um, he, yeah, she basically is the favorite and therefore probably got all the attention. So she is pretty much the complete opposite of Zuko. We will see where that goes. What did you think of some of her elite, well, not elite, but some of her fire guards or troops? Um, I didn't think too much of them. I, th I think she's the real standout. I mean, she she clearly like has them right under her thumb. And I like that immediately we get the sense that she's also like things just don't stop her. Like they're talking about like, oh, we need to be worried about these tides. They seem pretty dangerous. And she's like, well, 
we're going to press ahead and it kind of threatens her little underling and kind of puts him in his place again. And he runs off with his tail between his legs. But, <laughs> but, but, but did you mean, what do I think about like their outfits or anything like that? I just meant, yeah. What do you think of the designs? I think they look good. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I have too much to say about them, but very sharp. I don't mean that like, you know, they, they, they look pointy. I just mean, I like the design. They're very sharp, very distinctive. Um, a lot like elite, like an enhanced version of what the mm. standard fire trooper looks like with that mask. Now it's like a little more armored up there. The, the, the helmet feels a little more um, weighted, weighted almost. And like, I guess there's more armor to it. So mm-hmm. I like that part. And yeah, Zula, the, the tides then. Okay. They sort of do control the ship, but like, it's how you yeah. <laughs> maneuver around the, the wind and the water. So in a way, yes. And also in a way, no. So if you, if you do it properly, then yes, you can go with the water. Anyway, whatever we trans we transition perfectly from there to uh, Sokka, um, just minding his own business when suddenly they appear at a stronghold. Yep, and and right away once I saw this place on this most recent viewing, I was like, hey, this place looks quite familiar, and hey, this General Fong looks quite familiar. Why is that? And that's because the first level of Avatar the Burning Light takes place at uh, Fong's base. Wait. And this whole, I think it's called that. I thought it was the Burning Earth. Burning Earth, thank you. (laughs) I'm already forgetting. Um, But yeah, the first sequence takes place all in this base. So I was like, oh, that's kind of fun seeing it again. And a much better version because it's not that terrible uh, 3D animation that they used in that game. But I think all this stuff looks great here. Indeed. If anybody knows Urban Legends and or knows their... I guess internet videos, they'll certainly know that, and, and there no knowledge about that game. They'll know that that level is the immediate like place like that. That first level is right where you can get all like the achievements in that game where you just keep spamming oh. like a certain move and you get the all five or so, whatever it is, achievements. <laughs> so it's an easy achievement list to complete. Oh, that's funny. Uh, how far did you make in? Yeah, how far did you get in that game? By the way, uh, I don't know. I haven't touched it in a while, um, but not that far. Maybe like an hour or so in. That's cool. Um, I, I remember finding the gameplay uh, kind of clunky and off-putting. So, <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we might talk about if we can find all those games. Is uh, hopefully, I'd love. To there's about something that. about there. If there's one medium that hasn't translated well, well, we'll see. That's that's subjective for many people, but like uh, at least to us, um, it's uh, yeah. Avatar hasn't exactly translated well onto games in video games. Excuse me, maybe board games it has, but like video games or table. Mm. I don't know about tabletops either, but um, mm. anyways. So yes. Oh, but uh, also with, with General Fong, right away I was like, hey, I know that beautiful silky voice as Daniel Day Kim. As a big fan of Lost back in the day, I was like, hey, there's my buddy, that, that wonderful guy. Love that guy. Yeah, so. I wonder if we'll ever hear from him again in the show. Oh, yeah, I wonder. Mm. Anyway. Mm. Um, yes, uh, he arrives, and unlike, well, I guess the first time we meet a general, like the, the, the Earth Army, in a way. Mm. Uh, hey, uh, General Fong, I have a question to ask you, sir. Um, 
did you happen to send troops one 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 way or a day <laughs> at one point and try to capture a certain a former general Iroh um, <laughs> who was naked in a sauna or sorry not a sauna in a in a what was it a hot spring yeah a hot spring a hot pool or whatnot and you and they like got beat up by his uh, his, his nephew like do do you remember that no okay okay I guess not yeah he doesn't want to talk about that instead he wants to talk about how wonderful uh, Aang's battles were at the uh, the Siege of the North. He's hugely impressed, and, oh, Aang, I think you're so great. I think you're ready to face the Fire Lord. And I love Aang's just absolute shock by that moment. Yeah, he brings in the whole works for these guys. Um, you know, showing them, um, I guess, you know, all the courtesy in the world of, like, didn't didn't I don't know if he brought a banquet of food or whatnot, but he he did at least like you know bring fireworks and mm-hmm. I, I I guess that's really it. <laughs> um, but yeah, this gets yeah right to the point. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's activate a bomb. What? Yeah. <laughs> and I I like that he's uh, I like that when he takes him to, like his big office there, we get a little look at like the map, and uh, I just like seeing those kind of stuff, those little details. Kind of wish we got a little bit of a closer up look. Yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, I don't know, like merchandise. Um, wow, this base is directly like you, you you shoot like you know in a directional or in a diagonal line, you get right to the Fire Nation capital. That's funny. <laughs> I do find it odd that have them sitting so far away from him, like they could probably barely see the map, or at least barely see the details on the map from where they're sitting. Yeah, that's fair. So, uh, and then of course, the uh, general Fong tries the old emotional manipulation of, you know, Hey, you see all those people outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just got back from the front. Oh, okay. Let that sink in fun. See that one over there missing his leg. Yeah. You could have stopped that. Uh Oh, <laughs> see that pile of bodies. That's at your feet. Ang. Oh, so <laughs> what about that guy over there? Oh, he's just a crazy homeless guy. Yeah, he, he, oh, we, we don't count him. <laughs> he was in an old battle, a past battle. Now we just kind of we don't treat our vet- veterans great. Oh, in the nation. <laughs> or uh, he didn't realize we, we told him that the, the fumes off the blasting jelly would be fine. And he uh, and his troops uh, believed it. And then 10 years later, it turned out it wasn't fine. And yeah, no, oh, <laughs> shots fired. Yeah, he's got some brain issues. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but moving over to a another different state, we see uh, Azula practicing her lightning bending, or however you say that. Uh, what did you say for it? Well, well, quick. First off, um, this is not the previous scene, by the way. But there's um, warning, epilepsy warning. I, I have to, I have to mention that. Um, Cause I didn't realize oh, yeah. it until I saw it. I was like, Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Oh yeah. Which this doesn't say that's kind of like, uh, that's not good. Like, don't you think there should be like an epilepsy warning or no? I don't know how epilepsy works. Like I, is it mainly when it's like a dark frame with a lot of vibrant lights? Cause it's a mainly, mainly when I see those kind of warnings, it's like a scene where it's really dark and they just have a lot of flashing lights. You are asking the wrong guy, pal. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't do my research. So maybe moving away from that. That's fair, but anyway, yes. Yeah, email us if you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, 
So yes, the introduction to something that, you know, it took me a while to realize, you know, a while, but I was, I was fascinated by that just because maybe it's, it makes sense because, you know, lightning strikes the ground, potentially, you know, a plant-based object, it would ignite the ground and would cause mm. fire. So I guess that's the logic there. Um, it turns out this, I'm not, this is not really, this is more like extra canonical because I don't like, well, or is it spoiler? I don't really don't know. But basically it's more, it's the purest form of light of fire. Excuse me. As they say, the, the show mm. says sort of, sort of. So I don't know if that's a spoiler or not, but she's being taught by these, these two old ladies who, uh, we'll see again at some point, maybe. Yeah. I just, uh, just for them, I thought it was a, a an interesting contrast to Iroh. There are these kind of creepy old ladies and they're so critical that they mentioned one hair being out of place, even though what she did was otherwise flawless, a very different energy than, than a very relaxed Iroh just kind of sitting back and like, Oh yeah, that's fine. Just, you know, relax a little bit more and you'll do better. So, or, you know, <laughs> do the fundamentals stick to the fundamentals excuse me yeah or to the fundamentals yeah <laughs> but yeah very different uh so maybe that's why we shouldn't judge azula so much for being such a the way that she's been uh portrayed so far well i don't know if that's because of those two ladies or maybe it is that's fair if it's part of like her upbringing then yeah you can see that but that still doesn't give her the authority to well you know, we haven't really seen anything, so yeah, I can't really, I can't really mm -hmm. state. But if she acts that way around other people and orders them around, um, maybe she doesn't have that right. But that's just me. Well, they are her like underlings in terms of uh, the military order. Oh, of course. Like Zuko, kind of, you know, treated his little underlings pretty badly too at times. Yeah. He almost had them all mutiny on him. In fact, <laughs> this is true. So she does. She does. Uh, yeah. You you have a point there. Let me do that. Oh, but cutting back to Aang, he's had some time to reflect and think about the fact that, yeah, this war is going on. And really, he's kind of just been flying around, not taking things seriously, playing off like things are just a big joke a lot of the time. When maybe he wasn't really fully aware of the kind of impact of him not taking this role seriously. So I do like that he comes back and is like, okay, I'm willing to try this and I'll see if I can use the Avatar state to help you even though we've already shown that it's been like kind of a scary thing for him. I thought that was a good uh, show of maturity for Aang. Yeah. So I'll get that too in a second, but I like the little scene that we have quickly as after Azula does another flash of lightning and we see Ira wake up and nothing happens after that, but that's just, I think it's a little setup that he, uh, he, hears oh, okay. something, hmm. which is uh, the spoiler. This boy is the subtitles kind of give away like thunder roars in the distance. And I'm like, Hmm wonder if mm. Iroh heard that and uh maybe he sent that 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 keyed him up onto something of like hmm, if that was lightning from naturally that's fair but this doesn't feel like it's especially because we see outside yeah we see outside it's completely like either daytime or at least you know clear outside so oh yeah he knows that something's up with that but anyway yes Oh no! Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah, I just didn't even think anything of that scene. So yeah, well, I I thought about the scene for a quick second, and I'm like, why are they showing him waking up? Oh, we had an afternoon nap. Oh, or it's dusk, but there's no like, th there's no clouds anywhere potentially. I mean, he's only looking outside like his little villa right there, but like, still, there's 
you know, no, no thunder in the distance. So it's like, aha. Yeah, that's cool. That's some moment. Somebody's there. So he's, he's, he's planning some, or he, 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 unfortunately, uh, aware. Yes. Become aware of something. So, uh, anyway, but yes. So Ang goes to general Fong, as you said, and states that he's in, it would seem as though our young protagonist has decided to take his role as the avatar a little more seriously. Um, being a little more introspective uh that's that's interesting from the past season wouldn't you say yeah it's interesting that immediately they they switch gears coming into uh episode one and it's it feels uh maybe uh maybe in retrospect they're listening to our overview <laughs> they went to the future they, listened they went to, to the us. future yeah. <laughs> wait hey guys if that's the case how do we end this <laughs> this is just get canceled yeah, maybe we'll, our uh, book two overview, they'll change things up for the f- third season. We'll be like, whoa, is this the Mandela effect? Oh, no. Differently. I can't <laughs> do that, guys. I I can't agree to that, but that's, no, okay, whatever. No, it's just uh, maybe some good awareness on their part that maybe they realized, like, okay, you know, especially because we very clearly established what needs to happen. We need to kind of set things rolling again and not take things as such a relaxed kind of energy. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how the rest of the, the book goes. But but I we get this nice scene here when he goes and tells Katara about how he's committed to try to control the Avatar state. And right away, she's not on board. Not having it. Yeah. Um, Sokka's just like, yeah, why don't you just go to the Fire Lord and glow him up. Light <laughs> him up, man. <laughs> she's like, you beat heads. All you think of is action, action, action. Get in your head that maybe this isn't a good idea might like you know be completely wrong and maybe she's right maybe this goes against the nature of the avatar and ang should just go the natural path potentially rather than try to stray away since this is like he's got divine powers uh from the immaterial world even if maybe the other elements are that but who knows yeah i just want to point out there's a very very pretty shot and we see like a waterfall and the big landscape i really do think right off the bat this first episode, uh, just visually, is a, a really standout uh, standout start for the book. Is that is that traditional? Where uh, whether it's like live action or animation, in at least American television, they got like a budget for like the first episode because in the pilot, uh, in the American pilot premieres for each season, do they usually get a budget for at least the first episode? Yeah, like a little bit of a bump. I think so. Yeah, I think they like to start off on a good note. But we get this scene with uh, with General Fong, which, by the way, I wanted to comment. What do you think about his interesting little shoulder uh, armor pieces with the like, like the vampire teeth or his little uh, yeah sh- shoulder guards? Well, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be um, a lion or an ad- based off an animal of some sort. Mm. I liked it. Uh, I like his design on that. Uh, I guess he would wear that in battle. And then we get a little montage, this little montage of Aang trying out some techniques to try to gain his control of the Avatar state. I will say somebody else trying to give Aang control of the Avatar state, of at least trying to ah. induce him into the Avatar state, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And I like Sokka's attempt with the very uh, bizarre image of the Sokka body with the Momo head. Ah. Shock him into the avatar state <laughs> oh, that's a cursed image or not uh, yeah it is a, a jarring image it's very odd <laughs> the first technique i or the, the first attempt 
Uh, I just want to say they basically gave Aang Adderall. Oh, <laughs> the T one, yes, whatever that was, yeah. Natural, <laughs> like like tea enhancing, you know, chi enhancing tea, uh, or mm. whatever it was. Uh, natural natural herbs. So I'm like, oh, okay, so steroids, got it. <laughs> no, yeah. not steroids, Adderall. Chemically induced the avatar state. <laughs> given uh, given what happens, you could totally see it being the opposite of Adderall. Yeah. And I do like uh, after Sokka's fear attempt, he just shakes his head like, oh boy, like this is, this is embarrassing. Like that's the last time I asked Sokka for advice. Uh, General Fong does not. not Aang. General Fong, sorry. <laughs> and then uh, what else do we get here? Oh, there's Aang with a hat. There we go. Maybe that's he's gonna wear that for the rest of it's the It's a book. different hat. So that's <laughs> supposed to be the next attempt is like I guess some wise sage combining all the elements together while he's wearing uh four clothing pieces of clothing from each of the nations. Which I don't know what the the unless the airbending one is obviously what he's wearing. I do not know. Yeah, probably like his ropes underneath. Yeah, most likely. Um, and what happens? Well, uh, after combining all four elements together, uh, mud. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, well, mud in the face for everybody after he sneezes. So, uh, yeah, we'll uh, cross that one off the list. Yeah, throw the mystic out. Don't ask them for advice anymore. Um, do you have any ideas, <laughs> Caleb, of how to get Aang into the Avatar state? Yeah, I think you need to put one of his friends um life's in danger i think that's usually when the avatar state comes out so that's my advice for general fong we'll see if he follows it and uh and then we cut over to iroh and we get an early sign of things to come with some weird animation here i don't know what this is around 10 30 are you there are you around that point i am around that point uh do you mean some of the characters are a bit off yeah, look off. The coloring looks off. And it just feels strange compared to everything we've seen up to this point in this episode. It almost feels like they had to maybe bounce this bit over to another studio or something. Let's see. Which, again, we'll jump into that kind of stuff eventually, I think. Huh. Um, I Sure, I guess you could say that. I don't think it's a... Could just be the lighting, though. Yeah, it could be the lighting. It's not a, like drastic jump for no. a different like art style but i see your point a bit um and the backgrounds i feel like especially look just a little odd something about them maybe it's maybe they're just trying some more different style of like angles maybe that's why it looks off yeah, maybe but this could be me just my warning signs coming off remembering my first viewing and some of the stuff that we eventually get to and so i'm looking for uh looking for the red flags but, but i do actually think when they look out the window it's just like i don't know what's out there is it like fiery looking trees or just just the sunset hitting the trees in an interesting way oh well i thought it was uh you know lotus trees yeah and just the sunset lotus trees sorry uh cherry cherry blossom trees what am i talking about cherry blossom are those like red leaved trees or the pink? Oh, I think they are pink because we keep seeing cherry blossoms falling uh, all throughout yeah. this episode, at least in their region. So I assume that it's cherry blossom trees. I mean, 
hey, look outside. I'm pretty sure you'll see a cherry blossom tree in your area. Oh, yeah. Tons and tons. Yeah. So maybe it was just they wanted to do like a darker lighting. So it was like dusk or something. Yeah. No, it's maybe towards dusk, late afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with the scene so far. I think I like its lighting. Close up scene. Okay. Um, That's there's fair. A, there's a cool shot with Azula and Zuko that we'll get into. Um, now, sir, what you, you, you obviously have, you know, oh yeah, Caleb, you're, you're projecting again. Like, <laughs> I think you're, you know, trying to yell at a cloud again. Like, are you sure about this? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Are the animation yeah. or the animation? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I don't know that. I still think that I wrote something about him just looked really off compared to what we saw in the rest of the episode up to that point. Yeah. He almost like has a cat face to him. Yeah, like extra wrinkles, and I don't know, something about him just looked weird, especially the start of the scene. But. Or at least looks like an animal in a way, like has an animal. I don't know. Um, but what do you think of the contents? What is the the, the talking points? What is the uh, the the words they are saying? What do you have to say about that? I think it's a good kind of first setting the ground for uh, the dynamic between these two. Like we got some hints of it during the storm, just and I think. Um, I think it was Siege of the North Part 2 where he had his little speech to Aang when Aang was asleep talking about, oh, my sister, she was always the, you know, kind of the prodigy and I was always this failure. So I like that immediately she kind of sets the the ground that she's she views herself as much superior to him and he's just always on like the defensive with her. And I do like the setup of their little plot being like, oh, you know, ever since Aang's been popping up, we've had lots of people seeming like they're, uh, or is that what it is or... Is it just maybe the Fire Nation in general is like supposedly traitorous? Oh, well, that'd be interesting. Like a, a court of vipers. Let's see. Yeah. Um, just rumors and people tre- like treacherous plot. She says so. You know, I made up uh, crap. Yeah. Yeah, and I do like that Iroh. Like, he seems to sense, like, hey, maybe he's actually seen his brother pull these kind of tricks on people before. And so he just feels the inklings of something about this doesn't necessarily seem right. Um, If you go to 1124, that's exactly his expression right there of like, yeah, you're not fooling me. Like, you're practicing. Mm -hmm. I heard you practicing lightning last night. Um, You're getting ready Mm -hmm. to, like, capture us. So, uh, yeah, forget that. Yeah, and we'll definitely see more of that develop. As the episode goes on. Uh, so we go to like around 1140. A little bit before that as well. Uh, we get a good shot of Azula kind of tempting Zuko with this arousal of father is the, the the Fire Lord basically only trusts family right now. And really like works and like like gives Zuko exactly what he wants to hear. Hmm. That, that, that desire to once again like see his father again. And um, have that honor with him. You just see this cool shot of her, uh, like the devil on his shoulders, and looking right at a scar. I think that's a really good shot and says a lot about Azula right there uh, and what she mm-hmm. is uh, a manipulative person, potentially. Or at least, you know, we don't, we don't know that right now, but like, you know, she, she does like to, uh, she'll use any means necessary to uh, have an advantage over somebody. And, for Zuko, unfortunately, that is like the one thing that is his downfall, uh, or 
the way to get to him basically is to uh, make mention of his father. And so he'll always enjoy that kind of stuff. Uh, and so it was, I think, yeah, very, especially when she starts the whole thing off uh, with Zuzu, which uh, kind of, you know, yep. yeah, that's the, also, I believe, and maybe this is extra canonical, so it's spoilers, but she is technically, I think, two years younger than Zuko is, I believe. Mm. So that makes her, like you mentioned before, how, like, you know, she certainly feels as the one in control. Uh, funny how she's the younger sibling, but that, that usually is, that, that could be for some people in real life. Um, yeah, but again, I just, I do like that, um, when, when Iroh tries to, you know, let, let your brother have time to think about this, the, this news, she's just like, don't interrupt, uh, you old man. It's like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, like he's at this point lost all sort of credibility or worthiness of respect. Yes. He's just washed up old, uh, yeah. Where he, he thinks nothing of the homeland and you're not with the homeland and, Offering the two of them, at least for the benefit of the doubt, um, the two of them uh, offering them to bring them home. Um, so it's like interesting and lays that on the table for Zuko to think about. Maybe not Iroh, but I guess the offer is still there for him. So it's uh, Zuko will mull it over. And uh, yes, then we'll get to the next scene. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, this is a scene where Guitar really kind of lays down like, hey, I, I really don't think this Avatar State thing is the best way to go like when you go into the avatar state you're usually in a, a moment of like extreme distress or rage and as like your friend it's it's terrifying to see you like that and not just terrifying for herself but worried for like what it does to him to kind of be in that extreme emotional state so i think that's a good moment and um i, I like the setting of it too i think it's a the way they frame the shots and everything looks looks good so another strong uh scene <sighs> There's a line that she starts off with, which is interesting, about how uh, she was, I guess, thinking about uh, the first time she saw the Avatar State. And this may, I don't think this is far-fetched to say, like, oh, she pulled this out of her rear. All of a sudden, she had a memory. I mean, it was <laughs> kind of something that should stick in her mind uh, when mm -hmm. we went to the Southern Air Temple and she saw... Uh, all the skeletons, and when Aang saw the skeleton of Monk Gyatso, you know, they, that's when the Avatar State triggered for the first, well, second time, really, but still for, well, third time, really, uh, for Aang. And, but she, she witnessed the, like, you know, how much of a different person he was um, completely, and she's worried about him for that, for that matter. Um, but she also mentions the fact that Aang might be still feeling guilty about all that and uh, uh, being upset. I'm like, hmm. Are they trying to put in some angst, potentially? Like, Aang is anguishing over the fact that he still lost his people? Potentially? Mm. Or am I going a little too far? Or am I projecting too much? Hey, we'll mm. see. We'll see where it goes. No, we're sorry. hoping. Yeah, we'll see where yeah, we'll see where it goes. So... But yeah, basically, yeah, between these two, Katara is still trying to like convince Aang, the grounding force again, uh, trying to convince Aang to stop this idea of pursuing this state of immediately trying to go against what was laid out back in the book one, 
of mastering, you know, water, earth, and fire, and instead using the cheat codes, <laughs> up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, select, start, um, to go and just trash the fire lord immediately with the avatar state. And Aang just, like, for once he's, like, maybe makes it a point of, like, you know, the whole, like, you know, people are dying, to repeat what, or Fong, excuse me, was uh, trying to sway him with of you know every day there are soldiers in the battlefield that are fighting this war a war that you could have prevented long ago had you just stayed your ground i don't think he knows about that but still had you stayed in your place uh this is all your fault it's like okay okay let's let's not go there uh so you can you can certainly see like he's not being manipulated but he's certainly being guided in a way to okay yeah he's being manipulated but i guess with something that is is legitimate i don't know what you think about that yeah yeah because fong he just doesn't understand it like he just thinks that ang like maybe needs this is something that ang can master and then they they yeah they can use it as a weapon he doesn't get the full he's never seen what the avatar state is so no i was never born around for this so uh he can only hear tales again there's no videos Mm -hmm. there's none of that stuff where you can see in third person it's all through words and or experiences descriptions maybe written in books but you have to see it kind of to believe it and he's in awe of it and believes it can be used as a weapon and well Mm -hmm. it certainly can be mastered it you know like all things like a language uh or any you know new, new skill that one is trying to learn takes lots of time to master so maybe it's not best to try but again katara leaves Aang again but by the patio they're on i mean um again just stating her case and making it clear that she does not approve of what's happening and leaves Aang once again to look at the sunset and dwell on his thoughts and also dwelling on on his thoughts is iroh thinking about hmm, something about this you know it really just seems off and he tries to get this across to, to Zuko, like, oh, I've never seen my brother regret anything. Like, I'm pretty sure that this seems pretty fishy. And immediately Zuko's like, what? Like, how could you say this? This is the thing that I've been dreaming about. Like, my father's finally accepted me. Like, how come you can't accept that? So, you know, I feel bad for, for Zuko in this scene because it does seem a pretty obvious deception. He's just falling for it hook line sinker unfortunately so. yes no like again after three years on you know the meta wise the the first episode of season two or book two excuse me he um he's given exactly what he wants after the whole like last well except for the avatar really but except for the last like well yeah what he really wants from last season it's like yeah it seems too easy like maybe they'll go there some somewhere with this but like that seems really like Oh, I just, you happen to get the golden ticket. Like you just, you had, you just completely like randomly got the golden ticket. Okay. Fair enough, sir. Hope it's not a fake or anything like that. Or you would be a phony. But yeah, he gets a little annoyed and irate at Iroh for insinuating that potentially it's not what he thinks it may be. And so it storms away and yeah, Iroh doesn't, you know, look happy. And again, is sad that his nephew is going down the wrong path and not choosing the alternate lifestyle rather than um, the one that's he, he desires. Mm-hmm. Or does he? 
Yeah, and then we cut over to poor Aang, and he's still having his nightmares about the Avatar state. Even though he's trying to trying to embrace it for the good of the, the people, it's still giving him such fear. And now he's even trying to face it himself in his dream. And again, I like that they're kind of recontextualizing these, these scenes that we've seen previously and looking at them in a different light. I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, so we get the final dream sequence of this episode, and it's... It's the first time he used it uh, offensively, I guess. Maybe not. Mm. I'm I'm just saying, like, when he got hit by this, was into the storm, and it knocked him out. That was defensively, air quotes. Um, it was still reactionary, but I'm saying it was like for a defensive purpose. That when he was on Zuko's ship was like reactionary again, but offensively this time. Yep. Um, and it's interesting that we kept the scene like first the after state comes up in a torrent of water and then takes that whirlpool of water and like smacks ang uh off the uh off the off the uh off the starboard side of the ship and then cuts to right behind uh the uh, the avatar state and we see zuko randomly i'm like where is this going and then ang non-avatar state is using that same torrent of water and hurling it at him as he runs away i'm like all right, that's that's interesting. I don't know what we can dissect from that, but I find that that interesting. If Aang has any animosity towards Zuko, um, what do you think? Hmm. Yeah, I was trying to remember that first episode when that happened. Wasn't it Zuko that got knocked off the edge? Um, sort of, because there was because he gets knocked off the. I don't know if he got knocked off the edge. I think he did. He might have. But then he's grabbing on a Sokka, right? Maybe he grabbed on the anchor. I don't remember it fully. Sorry, guys. I don't remember. It was a year ago. Yeah, that I'm. That's I was trying to remember it. Yeah, maybe he did go off. He go overboard. So like we knew he was fine, but I guess from Ang's perspective, it was still like something he did uh, that that didn't make you know you know out of. Cause I mean, he would whack somebody, but he didn't like whack somebody with such force. If that makes sense. Even though there were some things yeah, well, that he was whacking people with with force, if I if I pointed out last <laughs> some of the episodes, but I, I could be wrong on that. Yeah, I thought what the point was is they they were saying like when the avatar came, like he swiped Aang away, and it was just this avatar version, and so they kind of redid the scene where the avatar state swiped away Zuko, but they did it to Aang instead, and and then showing that I see. Then the Avatar State went off and did something with Zuko, but he was already thrown out, and it was just this other part of him. I see. Okay, that's a good point. I, I can see your, I can see what you're saying there. Um, but yeah, then we, then Ang is like, okay, you know what? This this thing is really not working out. So he goes to General Fong, and he's like, I just I can't do this anymore. I don't think that this trying to control this Avatar State is a good idea. And General Fong's like, hmm, that sounds reasonable okay we're just gonna attack you now so <laughs> um sorry but order of events first we have ang asking zuko sure. if he or zuko ang asking Sokka uh if it's a good idea for him to go there and see the avatar to see or uh, to continue trying to unlock the avatar state in a reactionary sense and he's like i don't know you're the avatar you know better than anybody uh, it's like okay, and leaves leaves him on that as he wakes up from another that that nightmare. Excuse me. And then we cut over quickly to Zuko and Iroh, uh, where Zuko's heading off to Azula's ship, 
and Uncle Iroh has decided to join him on uh, the return to the Fire Nation capital to see their his father. Uh, we get a quick flashback to that image of him with his father putting his hand on his shoulder when he was a child. Um, and this really does feel like I, I haven't really seen Zuko this happy uh, in a long time. Um, just having this, yeah, this, this thought of, of seeing his father again really is getting to him. So he's, he's going down the stairs and, and, and tipping his feet every now and then clapping his feet together. He's, he's a happy boy. Um, but Iroh, he's given the stink eye to Azula's ship. He's like, oh, I don't trust them. They're probably going to not feed us dinner or anything like that. Or they're not going to have seconds. They're going to make so little food there that I can't even get seconds there. And they're going to use like, they're going to, they're going to have toilet paper there, but it's going to be like right when the roll's about to end. And I'm going to have to like get up and go find a new roll. And they're going to like also have it where the bathrooms aren't like full of soap. It's like, the very like little bit of soap that's left. And then I'm going to have to go find a new bar or a bunch of new liquids. So, Oh, and they're also going to have, um, they're going to use all the hot water when I bathe, even though I can make my own hot water, but that's besides the point. <laughs> you got, I mean, all these, he's, he, he, he just doesn't trust the ship. Um, oh yeah. So then, as you said, uh, Ang, the next day, Ang goes to general Fong and he's like, uh yeah i'll pass on this it was a good attempt but uh i'm gonna go with stick to the plan that we got already yep and then we get this cool battle which yes. again like i referenced was very much similar to that game uh burning earth so i was definitely having some like oh i guess that's where they they kind of base this scene off of and what would you think of this battle since you're more the uh the battle guy between the two of us just the uh yeah the action guy even though everything's in action yeah. <laughs> i think to be more specifically the like the big like hand-to-hand combat bending uh scenes or fight scenes as they say i'm wouldn't say the fight scene guy of the town of, of this channel but i certainly enjoy it a lot uh i do like the more subtle and the quiet stuff i like hard house stuff okay just to, to say for myself too I enjoy the action scenes as well. I just never feel like I have much to say about them. So yeah, uh, again, they do a, I guess, good vert, or they, they once again they make the show, or they, they they do some unique stuff. Like we've not really seen some of this. This is the first time we see Aang actually since Boomy fighting more Earthbenders, but it's different this time. Um, I'd say the urn is skilled as Boomy. Uh, and we also see that Aang is not attacking them. Uh, mm. He's not fighting back a bit. Or he's not fighting back, if, if that makes any sense. Um, I yeah. like this. I like the display of the Earth, uh, I guess, rings. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish there were, like, rings on the ground that, that would, like, you know, turn uh, clockwise or counterclockwise, like big dials. That'd be kind of cool, even though he could just hop off of those. But still... Um, It'd be a really cool like game level i must say anyway yeah that'll um, be cool but yeah we see those tauntaun looking horses that can like apparently climb walls that, that's kind of cool and like two uh long reach weapon welders are like throwing uh kind of slash at ang and he does slow motion and does a backflip off the wall that was kind of cool um 
yeah, just a lot of like really kin- it's it's kinetic and I think it's creative and it's unique. So I I, I appreciate that. And Aang uses some defensive movements uh, from Bagua. So yeah, nothing, nothing, no complaints there. And ends with, you know, Fong kind of, the, the scene at least ends with Fong uh, stating like, you know, you can't run forever. And it's like, Aang's like, you can't fight forever. And it's like, that, that's fair. Uh, whoever has the best breathing basically uh, probably wins the fight. This cardio is, is the winner. Anyway, then we uh, cut over to... Zuko and Iroh walking uh, along the port uh, with all the uh, elite fire troops kind of positioned in a row. Maybe suspicious. I don't know. Tell me that. Yeah, Iroh certainly seems to think so. He's giving them all the stink eye. Like, "Mm, what's going on here? Hey, he's been giving Azula a stink eye the entire time. What's wrong with her, man? Like you said. Yeah. Oh, and just uh, just because... I was still playing that fight scene in the background. I like the end scene before we cut away when, uh, or the end few lines when, uh, general Fong's like, you can't run forever. And then, uh, Aang replies, you can't fight forever. So I do like that. Yeah. Aang is very much trying to avoid any sort of combat with them. He just wants this to, this to be over <laughs> and then to go. Yeah, away. no, he's, it's, it's not really like what he was here for. So I guess you'd yeah. say that, but yeah. Um, yeah back to the other scene yeah of course yeah no uh, that's fine i have no problem with that um (laughs) but what happens sir after they you know walk right onto the uh uh the ship on the on the ship's walkway yeah this is admittedly kind of a silly scene like azula's playing like she's uh finally like oh you know brother i respect you now come on this is great that you're back and she's all polite (laughs) <laughs> and Zuko's like oh thank goodness I get to go home finally my dreams and then this moron's just like oh yes let's take the prisoners aboard and I was like what like how, how did he screw up that badly <laughs> yes yes uh, <laughs> unless this was secretly his intention because he like humiliated her or him excuse me so he's like I'm gonna get back at you for this even if it kills me or if I get killed because of it um just to give zuko a heads up that surprise it was a twist it was a plot thread the whole time which yeah it was uh hey really they were just uh being escorted back home to a prison their own private home in a prison yeah i was gonna say he does look a little older maybe he used to uh serve under general iroh back in the day was a general that would have been something that would have been yeah he was a general uh that would have been so something like, oh though i feel like knowing azula's personality she probably would have checked up on that and made sure that didn't happen but whatever that's fair it was just uh trying to justify a little yeah, bit of, of clumsy writing oh i just thought it was like because he genuinely thought that you know oh you embarrassed me so i'm gonna get back at you by doing this yeah but he looked pretty shocked at his his mistake he looked like oh crap i'm gonna get killed for this or locked up in prison i mean yeah he's going to prison like what is it, the Union Archers or whomever else that uh, Zhao put in prison last episode or last season or last book? Oh, yeah, I can't remember who that is. Yeah, yeah. what was mm-hmm. that now? Oh, yeah, it was all the Fire Sages uh, at, on, on episode eight, um, Avatar Roku. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, anyway, sorry. Yeah, so 
And quickly, oh, a fight breaks loose. Zuko's just shocked. He's like, what? How how could you? He's just, the look on his face is just like priceless. He's just like, I can't believe this. You you, you absolutely lied to me. Uh, which will say to his, her face later. Uh, and then Iroh like has a quick, cool scene of, of him like hand-to-hand grappling all these elite fire troopers and just making them look like cannon fodder, like, you know, stormtroopers. Just throwing them, just like pushing them, kicking them. It's it's pretty cool. Um, Zuko immediately goes for Azula in anger, of course. And uh, then we mm-hmm. quickly uh, transition, I think a perfect transition over to uh, Ang running away. At least, you know, not, he, Ang running away from the rings coming at him. So it's like, no, it's, that, that's, that's fine. Um and then we see Katara and Sokka reunite, or Sokka, or Katara's just like, hey, what's going on out there? What kind of crazy scheme are they doing? And uh, then catches up with Katara and is just like, uh, or yeah, with Sokka and is like, oh, okay, this is what's happening. Uh, this is, it's nuts. And then they participate in the battle. This is a point. I, I'm going to forget this, but this is a point. Keep hmm. this in mind. I think I'll spoil it later, uh, but keep this in mind. Is that Katara now puts herself on the battlefield. Um, and as soon as that happens, Fong does something and the, the strategy changes. And so all of a sudden all the earth call or earth rings are used is basically like a wall to kind of like put them all into, if that makes sense. So there's, they're trapping like, you know, Angatara and what, what, what does he do instead? Uh, then he does the, maybe not unthinkable, but he then starts to use his powers to, push Katara or pull Katara into the earth itself potentially causing suffocation oh this is a you you magnificent you know what I read your book um, <laughs> that's a patent line no oh, I've never seen that but but that is a cool I do like when she gets pulled under there I thought that, that scene was actually after the scene I was watching, so I'm glad I rewound it there. <laughs> no, that, that, that's fine. So no, yeah, that is good. It's that's intense. Yes. And again, General Fong, like I get that he's doing this all as kind of a joke, but Katara certainly didn't know. So it's a pretty. This is when he steps over the line, I think. Well, this is like guy's gone mad. Like the guy, the the, the guy's gone mad. Uh, he's. He's he's doing it for maybe the right he see he sees himself doing it for the right reasons, but it's clearly like, okay, no, 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 no. This is You can't you can't do it like this. I still believe him in the end when he says your friends were never in any sort of real danger. Like I don't think he was ever gonna like really hurt them. Oh, of course not. But this was still definitely just cruel and and way over the line to Aang and Katara. I mean that yeah scare the scare the heck out of her. I mean thinking that she's gonna die. So. Let's be honest here. He only wants. I don't know if he genuinely believes in Aang, or if he just sees the Avatar state itself as a weapon. Yeah, uh, as just a definitely. tool. So I get the feeling that yeah, he's not gonna like kill somebody, but he certainly will use something. Maybe that's a contrast between him and Azula. I don't know. But yeah, I'm uh, or more or another display of how like how Zhao would have been, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Just, you can never trust generals. They uh, they all have the same purpose. So they'll they'll do anything to uh, in the end to win, which I guess is the point. Yeah, another more nuanced point, like the military mind 
kind of framed even on the good side with their uh, ambitions and desires to, you know, create superior kind of weaponry or superior firepower or whatever. <laughs> even on the good side can be uh, villainous in their way. Use unconventional means to win a battle uh, by any means necessary, potentially. Yep. So you got to watch out for that military uh, military mindset. Yeah. There you go. Uh, I must say the acting in, in this is amazing. Um, yep. Some might think that it might be a little like over the top, but I think it, I think it works. I think everybody does their the genuine best in the scene. Um, I can see I think Ang's animation at matches with Zach's voice, just in like you know, he doesn't want this to happen. He obviously wants to like give the general what he wants, but he can't uh, until like you know it's over. Like she go- goes right into the sand basically or into the ground. Uh, and so I can hear the struggle in Mae Whitman's voice uh, and Fong himself as well. Daniel does a great job with that. Ah, just acting, good, good acting yep. and animation all around. Absolutely. And um, Tara takes the plunge into the in the mud uh, or sand or rock, whatever. And then all of a sudden the glow happens. Once again, the glow returns and or Fong is like, eh, it worked. And then realizes, uh-oh, it worked too well. And the Avatar State, like, pushes him back with air. I personally wish that he smashed right back into that wall, but that's just me. Um, not because I wanted him to die or anything like that, but just to, you know, have more consequences to that. But obviously a kid show or family show, so they can't show that. But that should have happened where he, like, gets paralyzed or something like that. Um and we quickly, I don't know, uh, whatever. Uh, we quickly then cut over to uh, Zuko fighting Azula. Everybody go to 1906. I think that's a really cool, like, still image um, where he does, like, a blast between the two um, fire, elite fire troopers. Mm. And then he uh, uses a cool technique called uh, fire daggers, I believe. Yeah, that one's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, the fight scene between him and Azula is pretty cool. And we see kind of, you know, how Azula fights. Uh, and she certainly will use, um, at least with Zuko, she will use words against him. Uh, saying that, you know, the Fire Lord is apparently blaming Azula, or Azula, uh, Iroh for what happened in the North Pole. And then calls Zuko basically a traitor or at least the fire lord is saying that he calls uh Zuko a traitor. Yep. And fair enough, I guess. I mean. <laughs> I mean Zuko I uh, the last episode I mean he did kind of take out or at least he was trying to take out um Admiral Zhao. So and Admiral Zhao is definitely closer in with the fire lord than him, so. Yeah, and we don't know if they just chose to, you know, we don't know what happened with the moon uh, incident when they were back at headquarters. Um, if they hmm. do declare uh, Zhao to be a loose end and chose to come on off, I have no idea, but uh, we never figured that, find that out. So who knows? We just know that, yes, uh, basically all that Azula said before was a lie. She lied to Zuko. Yeah. How could she? She's his what sister. How dare she? Um, that's yeah, that's not very nice. Uh, fight the the, the fight the fight the fight. Uh, it's pretty cool. And then Azula does something that's even more cool. 
uh, or at least a good reveal, is that her fire is blue. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. No, I forgot about that. Is that uh, she? It's a quick, it's a quick image, but we will not no spoilers, but we will see that uh, her she never uses fire bending again. Um, no, she uses. And the other thing is that we see her not have to resort to fire. She uses like hand to hand combat instead. Um, it's just like a, I guess I guess out of wrist lock or something like that. Um, whereas Zuko is just furious. He's using those fire daggers. He blasts a kick at her with fire. Uh, and she only uses fire at the very last second, uh, or like kind of to, I guess, you know, knock Zuko back on his feet, which is funny. And then, uh, as he's disoriented and whatnot, she goes in for the kill with lightning. I just, I don't know if it'll kill him or stun him, but then out of nowhere, um, uncle Iroh comes in and grabs her finger right as she's about to fire at him. And I guess redirects the lightning uh towards the cliffside and uh then grabs her teeps her right in the chest or whatever and she goes overboard and they get away on foot yeah which i i, I mean it's kind of cutting the the fight short but i do like that he steps in and just like okay that's enough of that <laughs> it is enough of that but it's also a good callback to uh the storm if you remember when he redirected that lightning the first use of lightning bending I didn't already mention that in spoilers, <laughs> but it's no longer spoilers now. So, oh, I actually don't remember that. It was it was a good scene, but um, more to come for in that regard. We then cut back to everybody having to deal with you know the Avatar state, and Fong tries to shout at Aang as he's up in a tornado. That he brings Katara back and says she was never in any danger, and it worked. Um, or just to get into the atmosphere and it worked. And we then just see the consequences of his actions in that we see a very, very, very not happy avatar state slash Aang and then comes down and blasts everything back. Just like sends ripples and a shockwave basically back onto everybody inside this fortress there. And yeah, it's, it's crazy. Yep. Yeah, it gets real intense. It's an it's an ostentatious display of power, but not in the worst way. Mm-hmm. But of course, Aang can't control it, and he's going on a complete rampage, and who knows how far he would go until our old buddy shows up, Avatar Roku. Yes. And I, I quite like this moment. I always like when Avatar Roku shows up, but I think it's a good little scene and kind of sets up some more kind of the, the threat of the Avatar state. Which I think is good. Because it could just be like maybe an overuse thing like, oh, you know, let's just keep going right into the Avatar state and it'll solve all the problems for you. Yes. But knowing that there's a danger to it uh, is a good thing to introduce at this point. Yep. And basically talks about, you know, like the power that you can have with the glow. And we see a display of it with Avatar Kyoshi, Avatar Kuryuk, I believe, Avatar Yangchen, and then the unnamed firebending avatar before her, uh, who displays lava bending. And we see them all use their uh, their, their enhanced state uh, to basically bend the elements further, uh, have greater control over them, and I guess do use a large amount of quantities uh, of said element. But the big thing is that while it gives great power, and access to previous knowledge. 
does leave a big weakness for if they are killed in this state then the cycle shall be over and there will no longer be an avatar born unless somehow they repeated the ceremony of how the avatar began however that happens he leaves Aang with his knowledge put a pin in that and then brings him back to his body and we see the aftermath and I must note that Katara did not seem to be injured by that blast she didn't hide behind a rock or anything like that it almost seemed like the state was selective if that makes sense Mm -hmm. that's interesting and I do like that we see like just the like all the little uh whatever those circle things are just like stabbed in the walls all around him and just complete rampage. Yeah. All the rings are basically, yeah. All the rings are, are are like just embedded in the wall. Just like, Whoa, what happened here? Yeah. And Fong loves it. He's like, this is great. Everything you've done here. Fantastic. Yeah. We just got to learn how to redirect it a little bit more, but otherwise perfect. (laughs) Yeah. He's eating it up. He's just like, yes. How, how else we should need to make a trigger for this. And then you'll be the perfect gun. It's like okay, you're yeah. you're yeah, that's it, buddy. We're out of here, and Sokka then <laughs> just rides up, caps him on the head with the handle. I wish he like just cracked him with like the entire club, but obviously that go against yeah. the kids show and they'd be attacking in general. But what point was made across that um, yeah, he needed to be like at least t- take a nap, general. I think you're I think you're good. Um, mm-hmm. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, you're done for this episode. Um, so anybody else have any bright ideas? Everybody's like, nope, we're good. Uh, I guess some of the soldiers save face by uh, asking, would you like any assistance getting to Amashu? And um, no quips or anything, nothing like, you know, almost like, you know, not not, not, not angry at them for what they just did. They're just like, mm, I think we're good. And then they fly off. It's like, oh, that was a good interaction, I guess, after a very like tense scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the soldiers too. They're like, oh, you know, yeah. They, I guess, their offering was kind of like, this wasn't really what we wanted. This is our general, so we can still do the job we were originally supposed to do. Yeah, I like all that. Oh yeah, no, it's it separates the grunts from the generals. It's just like, oh, these guys actually seem to care about these people. Ah, that's nice of them. Yeah, and then we get one one more pretty impactful scene with uh, with Zuko and Iroh. Oh uh, yeah, we see Azula branding. Uh, both of them as traitors um, with with wanted posters now uh, back at this little like abbey or place whatever you want to call it and we even see the two um, masseuses being like uh oh we know those guys but yeah we then see them in the woods they 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 get they get right to the river take out an Uzugo takes out a knife Iris says do it and they cut their hair more specifically the their the their, their hairs uh their ceremonial hairs let's put it that way mm. yeah they're little uh like ponytails i guess yes There's, i think they have a technical more technical name but yeah <laughs> i can't remember what it is right now yeah um a correct name but we didn't, we don't remember what it was so anyway they cut it they float down the stream and that's the end of episode one the avatar state yeah and four writers on this one quite surprising <laughs> Yeah, husband, wife, and two others. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I guess since we're the, at the end there, what'd you think of this one? I thought this was a very good episode, especially to start off this 
uh, this this book um because it very much sets up points we'll get to again at some point and gives some adds some weight i think builds off of a lot of things from book one into book two as as you should uh but still progressing the story um uh the the gang are basically you know going to amashu to practice earthbending uh as for zuko and iroh they're traitors now they're they're wanted out outlaws so that's not good that's that's a big change for them like yeah oh man what's that what's the next episode going to be for those guys at least what did you think sir of this episode oh i definitely agree i think it was a really good start to the next book um i like that right off the bat ang seems to be in a more reflective kind of place and even though i enjoy the kind of free-spirited kind of jokey ang like it is maybe time to start taking things seriously and realizing uh, huh, that your your time's kind of crunched and you really got to take this learning to master the elements seriously. So I think it's a good good start and a good way to uh, also make him realize that yeah you can't just rely on the avatar state to maybe solve your problems for you. Not that he's necessarily done that, but you know it kind of takes it off the table certainly. And I definitely really like the uh, introduction of Azula and how that all resolves with Suko in the end and Iroh. I think that stuff's really good. So really strong start. Yes. No, agreed. We'll see more of her later as she'll be very uh, prominent through this next book. Um, as for later end of this episode, thank you for listening, everybody. And until next time, if you and your family happen to be at a massage place, what are those things called? Just like a massage parlor. That's what it is. Massage parlor. Hmm. And well, you're branded fugitives of the law because this crazy <laughs> general is got this wacky idea that you potentially have the power to eradicate um, all evil from the world. Um, oh no! But you've you have to you you have to basically be used as a tool. While <laughs> all you take all the sin while you're getting a massage. Uh, I get you, uh, he brands you a traitor and you're now an outlaw you just gotta ask yourself is there ever a happy ending till next time next time <laughs> talk about a bad spa day this section of the podcast contains spoilers for all seasons of avatar the last airbender and the legend of korra spoilers enter at your peril Ha 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 ha!
You're next, we're in danger. Please, listen to me. Something terrible. Please. You're next, here they are. They're already here. Come, you're next. And this will probably go in the spoiler section, but we'll discuss maybe some budget cuts that happened throughout this book in terms of animation. And oh, boy. Oh, boy. Uh-oh. Was it jarring on my first viewing? <laughs> so that's that's fair. We'll get to that. Yeah, we, we get that. <laughs>